This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome everybody to our latest episode of Tide Chasers. We're really excited for this episode as it brings another aspect of the fishing world to our show. Um, before uh, I introduce this week's guest, please like, share, subscribe to the channel. And of course, those five-star reviews help help us immensely. It just helps us grow and that helps the algorithm put our, our show a little bit higher in the, the list. So uh, you can find us at Tide Chasers um, on Instagram. It's Tide underscore Chasers. And then on uh, Facebook, it's going to be Tide Chasers Podcast. Uh, if I'm your host today, joined by my co-host, Qua. Welcome, buddy. How you doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited about this episode today. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one. This is uh, just another prong to the whole fishing world, and there's nobody doing it better right now than this guy. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today. It's Stefanos from Sport Fishing Outlet. What's going and, on, guys? Uh, How are you? Welcome, brother. Excited to be on. We're happy to have you, man. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good, man. It's, it's, uh, it's that time of year, so it's crunch time and any, any tackle shop all over the place. Well, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're super excited to, to patronize your, uh, your store because you're bringing all the best stuff, all that stuff we get from all over the place, so it's great. So just kind of give us an idea of, of uh, how you transitioned from fisherman to uh, one of the owners of Sport Fishing Outlet down in East Norton there. Um, the transition is a little rough, to be honest. So going from fishing whenever you want to, wherever you want to, to uh, having to sit behind the counter and kind of guide people in the right you know, direction. It's um, at first it was a little tough to chew because uh, Harry um, gave me a warning. He said, you know, you might as well hang it up for a couple of years. But that's not happening. I'll figure out how to fish. So, um, but it's great, man. Everybody's been uh, very welcoming. The shop's been around there for a long, long time. So it was kind of walking into an already established business. We just kind of wanted to youthen it up a little bit and bring in some different products that, you know, he was, you know, he was a little old school, which is good. So, um, you know, you, we just needed to add a little new generation. So it's been great. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome to see all the new local, uh, you know, lure and tackle makers coming into the shop there. So 
I know when I walk around, I'm seeing offerings that I usually see at the shore and other places. So it's kind of nice to get everything in one spot. Um, so speaking of Harry, what was it like to go through all that inventory that just kind of sat around in boxes all over the place, his version of SFO compared to your version there? Um, the inventory was interesting. There was, uh, there was a lot of stuff, um, took us, we just renovated recently. Um, so if you haven't been to the store, it'll look completely different next time you, next time you stop in. But, um, we found, uh, unlimited amount of soft plastics. Um, old stuff that is, you know, old tricks of the trade, which are nice because they end up going home to the stash box. Um, so we got a lot of good stuff. Um, just, it's crazy to see the transition of tackle and where it was like 20, 30 years ago to, you know, what things are, how things are being made, the quality they're being made, um, it's just incredible. Like the transition of tackle, it's like, as time goes by, it's, it's, everything loops around, but it's, it's just insane. There's so much, so much tackle to uncover. We're still uncovering. So. You're working out of boxes over there, are you? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You I guys know, dig I... through the mirror lure boxes. So you know the deal. Don't tell anybody <laughs> where we got them. Quiet. Yo, <laughs> tell that. that those boxes were gems, man. Those boxes were gems. Those boxes are gone, all right? They're done. No, no. They're speaking, done. Speaking, speaking of gems, did you uncover any, like, like gems? Because I, I know some of these classic lures end up being worth some money down the road. Uh, we found a couple um, old surf metal lips, some, some real nice stuff. Um, some I'm not even going to say the name on here because I know what's going to happen. We're probably going to get some phone calls. Um, but some real cool stuff, man. Uh, I found an original glass eye heading that was probably i don't know it's got to be worth a couple hundred bucks i didn't even realize until somebody's like you better put that thing away um so a lot of cool stuff it, it never ends yeah i i know i've seen i've seen gems in there walking around i don't know how to, to price those things out so i just i kind of let it go but you had the, some of the inventory there compared to like any place else around here it's just incredible and then you've only improved that and speaking of that, like, what's the feedback been like thus far? Uh, personally, I, I love what you've done with the store. And my opinion, we don't have a lot of choices. Like, this is why we started podcasts. In this area, we don't have a lot of choices for this kind of content. Same thing with the, uh, the tackle shop. It's a dying breed unless you're doing it right. So, you know, how has your feedback been thus far? I haven't heard anybody talk negatively at all about it. I think the feedback's been, been awesome. Um, I was a little nervous in the beginning because – you know, Harry's been doing this for a long time. So I, you know, you know, you're going to run into the customers that are going to hound you with questions and make sure you know what you're talking about. But um, honestly, I think people just appreciate that we fish and we love to fish and we're willing to talk to people and share an experience or share a technique. Um, and the first the first time I've, I ever walked through um, setting a customer up with something for him to go striper fishing, this was like my first success story with a customer where he actually listened to, you know, exactly, hey, you know, you're going to try this at this tide. And I saw him the next day and he had a huge smile on his face and he had caught like 10 or 11 stripers the one night. And that was it for me. Um, honest, honestly, that's what it's about. When you can take somebody and show them why you're obsessed 
and what you're obsessed about and they can kind of get a little taste of it. It's incredible. So um, that's the best part about having a tackle shop. It's just talking to the people and you learn a lot from customers. You know, if anybody that, that fishes that says they don't learn they're, you know, that's, you know, we know where that is. So you, you're learning from people every day, techniques, you know, the littlest things, you know, you guys talk about in previous podcasts, just a change in weight on a jig head or, you know, a change in a knot. So your jig head can swing little tiny things that'll help people catch more fish. I mean, that's what it, that's what it's about. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I pick, I pick brains every time I'm in, in those stores. I, I listen to you talk. You've, you've made some suggestions to me and I've actually bought a couple of products based on your suggestions and uh, you know, it's, it's huge. Like if you're not learning, what, what's the point? You know, if you, if you know Absolutely. it all, if you know it all, then, then you may as well just hang it up at that point. Cause there's nothing left to learn. I'm, I'm always trying to pick people's brains. It's, it's how, I mean, uh, that's how I can go from fishing from, for snakeheads to, to sheep's head, to redfish one day. I could do all that in the same week. And it's because I've taken the time to talk to the people ahead of me and talk to the people that have learned how to do this. And, you know, and I've done my own research, so it's, it's, it's a big deal. Now, now going back around, we, you kind of hit on this a little bit, but what's it like, you know, is there a lot of pressure on you replacing somebody that we all considered like a local legend in the tackle shop world? I know, for example, my kids, when I brought them in there with me, uh, since you've taken over, they're like, well, where's the candy? Harry used to bring, give them candy all the time. I'm like, well, there's no more candy, but you know, this is, this is, uh, this is better. This is better for daddy. This is better for daddy. I'll get you candy. Don't worry. We'll go to the Seven Eleven next door. Well, listen, I didn't know the candy rule. I'll have candy for him next time. Don't worry. No, they don't um, want to come. We're, we're, we're very welcoming, man. I think, um, that's, it is, it was a little stressful in the beginning. Um, but in the end of the day, like I said, if I, you know, if you can just help somebody, you know, do a little bit better when they're out there fishing or just help them understand something that maybe they didn't understand, um, you're going to have the grouchy guys. They come in, you know, like you can't change their mind. They're only this works. Nothing else works. Just so you guys know, in the tackle shop, that is the line. This is the only thing that works to catch these fish. So you, you deal with that on a daily basis, but most of the time it's there. This is, it's a happy place for people. They walk into a tackle shop. It should be their escape from whatever they're dealing with outside of, you know, outside. So I try to keep that, you know, that kind of, that kind of juju. I'm a big, good juju guy. So um, I try to keep that kind of energy in the store. Like, you know, this is, a place where we can just talk fishing, you know, everything kind of else, everything else can kind of disappear for a couple minutes. And it's, it's been awesome. It's been awesome. Awesome, man. Now, every time since I've been in your store, since you took over, you've been there. Do you have any days off where you actually get out and do anything for yourself? Or are you just trying to get it tightened up? So it runs well. I basically, um, I know I have to put in my time. So, you know, I have a lot of friends with, you know, different businesses. Um, I'm the first to venture out into anything different from the rest of my, you know, my group. So when I first told people I was going to take over a tackle shop, they thought I was absolutely insane and I was going to be selling night crawlers for the rest of my life. So um, my goal is to get it, you know, get it running, but um, you need to be there. People like to see you. Um, even if you got a good staff, they like to see that you're there and, and you care and, um, you know, I want to, this is, 
now my baby. So, um, you know, this is it for me. I'm about to get married in July. So this has to work for me. Yeah, you man. know what I mean? So yeah. I'm, I'm there. Um, but we got, we have time. We make time to fish. I fish a lot at nighttime. I'm a night owl. So I do my fishing lurking around the rocks at nighttime. So I, I'll make it work. That's me too. Well, Qual will be at home napping while while we're fishing. So he's <laughs> easy to sleep. I'm old, man. I, I nine nine p.m., ten p.m. That's my bedtime. Since we're on your fishing at nighttime, what do you usually target? Like, what are your things? Are you a saltwater guy, heavy, freshwater guy, heavy, kinda? Um, I would say I am. Uh, I I grew up a saltwater guy. I I never. I mean. You know, our, my parents took us down to the creek, you know, when we were young. But um, my family's from Greece and where we're from, it's I'm about 18 feet from the water. So we grew up summers there getting dropped off. So we lived in the water, in the ocean. So since I was a little kid, that's all I could think about. Um, so as soon as, the, you know, I'll target whatever I can right now, obviously, we got a good striper bite that's about to happen so i'll be spending some nights you know lurking around at nighttime if i had time during the day i would be tog fishing on the rocks that's just you know if that was possible um but usually striper i like to target most of my nighttime stuff and honestly we've caught our biggest fluke um fishing at nighttime uh while striper fishing so not targeting them specifically but we've seen some monsters come out at night so I love fishing at nighttime. Yeah, I start I start getting uh, into the decent fluke bite when uh, I start targeting weak fish at night. Actually, yeah, because as we talked, they 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 key in on uh on those those crustaceans early on. So as you as a lot of people know, weak fish plus shedder oil, uh, you know, soft plastics plus shedder oil equals weak fish. But I, I tend to catch a couple of keepers every night when I'm out there fishing for weak fish which still is crazy to me but and and the guys that say the weak fish are gone completely they're they're not putting in enough time no so, they're not gone there's there's some yeah, decent ones out there there's some good fish around so um yeah i mean nighttime is my my best opportune time to to fish right now but obviously if i can get out on a boat one of these days and uh in the next couple days and get up north i like to go smash some big striper with some big plugs so that yeah. would be fun you know there. a couple guys. I know a couple guys. <laughs> yeah, they're in there. So, what, what's a day in a, a day in the life of a, a small tackle shop owner? Like, what, how does your day start, and what, how does it progress through the day? Are you you putting orders away? I, I know, we talked about some of your uh, employees. I know one of your guys from my days at French Creek Outfitters, and he's excellent. So he's I know awesome. You have, some, you have some great support staff there. You can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, I got I got pretty lucky. Um, the series of events with COVID and, and everybody was, you know, everybody was in panic mode. Um, French Creek had just closed down. Um, Fred uh, was a former employee over there and he came over at the, at the perfect time and he's a good dude. And, um, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character and I was just looking for somebody that was a solid guy that liked the same things that I was into and helping people. And um, he's been great. Um, the day-to-day right now with this current situation is inventory, trying to find whatever you can find from wherever you can find it. Um, all you fishermen, you know, if you've walked into most of the tackle shops, it's uh, not like it used to be. You can't, you know, we can't pick up the phone and 
order something for you and it comes in a week, um, that's that doesn't exist. It's kind of like stock up while you can um, and buy it early. Uh, our problem is, it's as you know, it's a smaller store. So for somebody like me to buy for the year is very, very difficult um, just because of storage. So we're just ordering, packing stuff away. We're selling stuff right out of boxes. That's brand new. I haven't been able to even put a price tag on. So um, I'm not complaining, man. I, I As long as the store is busy, you make the rest work. Um, so that's what's important. Yeah, man. Going back to Freddie, you guys, we've talked about muskie in the past. That dude is an obsessed muskie fisherman. And you could sit there and talk to him for hours on end. I've done it when he was at French Creek Outfitters. The guy loves muskies. He'll give you, he'll give you some, some intel. So go in, buy some lures and pick his brain. The guy, the guy is a, a muskie heathen. So yeah, he's got a lot of muskies under his belt. So he's great. And we got him his first forty-inch striper last year. So he was he was happy. He's never yeah. got a striper before. So. I, I, I got a, I have a bucket list for him, you know, because I want him to experience some of the salt stuff. And, um, you know, that's important for him when he's dealing with customers. That's why I kind of started dabbling with the freshwater. I wanted to be in tune with what was happening and, you know, what's the current um, and being able to help all types of fishermen that come in the door, not just the saltwater guys. I wouldn't say you're just dabbling. You got a you got a nice amount of freshwater inventory over there. I don't I don't need to go anyplace else. I'll put it that way. Uh, speaking of going back to musky, now are you bringing in like musky lures and everything? More musky lures and have like a musky section? Yeah, we um we have a pretty solid musky section right now. We're it's running a little low, but typically it's pretty stocked up. Um, a lot of big glide baits, uh, wake baits, glide baits for the. Big largemouth guys who like throwing big baits, but the transition to musky, um, we're seeing a huge, huge influx of big swim baits, six, seven, eight, 12 inch um, glide baits. And it's incredible. Uh, some of the baits that these, that these companies are coming out with that, you know, you're watching them swim and you think you're looking at a real fish. Um, so yeah, yeah. A ton of inventory. Um, and Fred's got the knowledge, like you said, he'll, he'll help wherever he can and try to get, you know, Whoever wants to catch one, try to find them one. I, I was, you know, when I, I, when French Creek Outfitters was closing up and I had talked, I, I could see this somber look on Fred's face. I'm like, where are you going to end up, man? I think he was packaging baits for Z baits for a little bit. And then I, when I walked in and saw him in your store, I was like, oh, this is the best. Cause I love that guy. So you, yeah. you did good there. You did good. So are you, uh, are you doing anything special to stay ahead of the curve of like the on-time online real retailers, like your J and H's and things like that? Are you just keeping it more personal? Do you plan to have an online presence at some point? Um, I think it's important to obviously online is, is the future. Um, we're still in a niche market. I think where you really get some, you, you, you feel, that you get more information when, you know, you're standing in the shop and we're touching products and we're grabbing rods and we're talking about actions and we're putting the rod on the, you know, putting a reel on it, making sure everything's right. I think it's a different feel. Um, obviously we're, we're going to get online. Um, eventually it's going to have to happen just because that's the direction, you know, we're going in. Um, so eventually I do want to do a little, you know, an e-commerce store, something simple, um, but in the end of the day, I would love to create a 
more of a destination for somebody to say, you know, let's go hang out there for a couple hours. Um, I never thought customers would come and sit at the store and just walk around and for like, you know, multiple hours and just talk shop with people. My customers end up selling stuff to other customers just because they're just as excited as I am when I'm behind the counter. So it's almost like when the store is busy, you have, you know, five salespeople on the floor and they're all just talking about stuff that they love, um, which is great for all local, all the local tackle shops. So, you know, it's, it's a blessing. You know, our, our industry is growing. So um, everybody should be excited about it. Whoever fishes should be excited about it. I, I think the energy level when you walk into that store is, is unlike other tackle shops that I've ever, ever been in. And for in the, in the good, like it's, it's great. Like there's, there's positive energy there and going back to like the online retailers, I had an experience with you looking for a rod for me that I couldn't get anywhere else. And you got it to me in like a couple of weeks, like even the J and H's, the tackle directs, all these places. And you had it for me and it was huge. Yeah. So yeah. and it's little things like that. You know what I mean? Um, we had a, we had a situation where um, a customer was asking me why I wasn't posting, you know, the new reels. And my thinking was if I post those reels, I'm going to have, you know, a bunch of people that I have no clue or connection with that aren't really customers of our shop. Call me and say, Hey, I need two of those ship them. I need three of those ship them. I'd rather sell them to, you know, John that I see every single week that comes into the store, or the, the, the regular customers, because I feel like they've been waiting for these new reels to come out. So they should be the ones who buy them in our shop. So that's really important to me. Um, more or less than, you know, obviously it's nice to have an online website and make Buku Bucks, but this isn't a Buku Bucks kind of deal. You know what I mean? If we can grow naturally and organically through our store, um, that would be ideal for us i honestly from what i've seen so far i i've seen that just happen like that the feel the small town feel of your store is a big deal like that's still important to a lot of people i'm a touch and feel guy i can't go and go on the internet and pick up a rod and say okay i like the action of this rod i like the way the tip flexes i like this i like that i like the way my reel seat sits on this this rod it balances well or it doesn't balance well can't do that online and walking into your store, you have an array of options, tons of rods, tons of reels. So it's, it's huge. Like the, the touch and feel guys. And I would say, I, I'm no, I, I haven't done the science on this, but I would say most fishermen probably are touch and feel guys. Like there's so many aspects of handling these components that you're fishing with that you can't do online. You can't, you can't guess at it. So it's, it's huge to have someone like you in place with nobody else really in the market that, that we can go to for our, for our gear. So, yeah. And this stuff's not cheap. So, you know, if you're spending a couple hundred dollars on a spinning reel, you know, it better feel good in your hand before you order it. And you're like, Oh, you know what? I could have got away with a 3000 instead of a 4,000. And now you're dealing with shipping back and forth and returns. So I, you know, it is, it is important to just kind of keep that feel in the store. Cause the goal is just, bring people to the store to meet us, to meet the store, to, you know, see the inventory and ask questions and talk about it. And, you know, that's what it's about. And with your knowledge of the industry, if you don't have product A, the customer's looking for, you can always suggest product B with some good intelligence with it, as opposed to walking into like a Dick's Sporting Goods, where most of those people don't know what they're talking about. 
Uh, unless you're our buddy Kyle, which he he's an exception, but most of those stores there, you know, you walk into them and it's like it's a ghost town, number one. And then you, you can't find someone that has the inf- right kind of information to say, hey, we don't have this, but this is just like it. You know, you yes. get that in your store. So absolutely. And that's important with our like I said, the situation with COVID and shipping and the products. Um, it's important to be able to recommend substitute some kind of substitute for it. Um, yeah, I mean, know. you did that with me with the uh, the the Saint Croix Avid inshore. You said you said I don't have that one that you're looking for right now, but have you tried this the new Mojo inshore? It's a little bit cheaper. It feels it flexes about the same. It, it's a great rod, and I picked it up and it felt great. Now I did end up finding another Avid, which is what I wanted, but to get that to get that kind of uh, that kind of service there is important because that's what keeps people coming back. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, did you have the goal of making uh, Sport Fishing Outlet a one-stop shop for local guys prior to heading to the shore, or was it more of a balance of local offerings as well as your national brands? Now, I see when I walk in, I see a lot of Z-Man, which I have a hard time finding around this area. Seems like it's a very Southern lure, and and the guys up here aren't into it as much. Um, it seems like you guys cater to every fisherman, and like, what are you doing to differentiate the shop from past ownership? Like, obviously, we know it's been very saltwater friendly, but now you're trying to bring the freshwater game up to par with the saltwater so people can come to you for all of their needs. Yeah, I think, um, I think it's important to, you know, be diverse. Um, this is like a unique business because you have from offshore to inshore, and then you got, there's clicks of guys you start to meet them and you start to figure out, you know, your hardcore fluking guys and your hardcore boat guys. Um, then you get the offshore guys. I think our, the first year I spent just meeting people and trying to figure out who was walking in the door, what kind of traffic I was seeing. Um, Harry built such a strong saltwater, um, you know, plug crowd. He had, you know, everything that people needed, especially being in our location. Guys were walking and look at the plug wall and be like, holy crap, you know. I, I can't believe this store like this has all this saltwater stuff. Um, that's important for us because you want that. Wow. You know, you're in the middle of Pennsylvania and you have this salt stuff. So I was, I've been trying to capture the, you know, large mouth, small mouth uh, crowd because there's a lot of local, you know, lakes and there's rivers. Um, I mean, we, the Susquehanna is not far. The Schuylkill. Um, we do, crazy well in the Schuylkill and guys think, Oh, the Schuylkill, it's filthy. It's dirty. There's, there's fish to be caught. Um, so I think we're just trying to diversify, stay, you know, stay in tune with what's the hottest products or what just seems, um, fish, the fishing world is heavy, heavy marketing. Um, Z man, it does incredible marketing. So why not piggyback off Z man, uh, start carrying more Z man products, they start sharing our stuff, which is huge for us because um, they're in tune with their marketing. Um, some companies don't market as good for the small guy. So, you know, why pump their products up as much? So that's kind of where my focus has been. Find the companies that like working with the small tackle shops, expand on them, um, and just keep inventory fresh. Uh, it's, this is a, this is a quick turnaround business. You want, you know, you don't want inventory sitting on the wall and getting dusty. You need it moving. So how do you move it? You got to make sure you walk around and show people 
what it all does. Um, you look at a, a wall and it's, there's 19 different crayfish. Um, every, you know, you could do a diff, you could set them up differently, but somebody's got to explain to the person what's the difference between, you know, crayfish A and B. So if you don't walk around with them, they need to have the knowledge for themselves. So I've just been talking to customers, getting feedback. What are you guys looking for? Am I missing something? Um, is there something that you really want to see in here? And I bring it in. I have no problem bringing it in, trying it out. And, and uh, yeah, um, you know, there's some cool stuff that people don't see. We started carrying some chase baits. They're out of Australia. Um, weird, weird, uh, you know, birds and rats and stuff where people would never think to even put them on their rod and throw them out. Um, so it's, it's, it's been, uh, it's tough keeping track of the inventory because it's, it's always growing. There's always a new lure. Um, there's always something hot, you know, it's, it's tough to stay in touch with everything, but you just try to, you know, diversify and have everything you can, you know, possibly pack in that store. Now, now the, the challenges on inventory now, a lot of that's been created by COVID, the pandemic we've seen lately. Are you having more challenges in one uh, one section of your store, whether it be reels or lures or rods or terminal tackle? Do you, are you seeing more of a challenge in one one area than the other? Um, well, I'll tell you this: it it uh, it opens your eyes to what you can get that's locally, what you can source. Um, rods, reels, a lot of that stuff that's coming from overseas. Obviously, it's very backed up. Um, I couldn't tell you why it's probably a giant excuse as to why all this is happening, but it opened my eyes because I started locally sourcing all of my terminal stuff. So instead of me buying, you know, all this stuff that already has a package name on it, I'm sourcing it myself and, um, you know, we're, we're bagging them up and we're putting them out. So it's helping us start making our own brand because of the lack of, support from all these giant companies that are, you know, pumping out thousands and thousands of rods and it's not enough. There's too many fishermen fishing and there's not enough tackle, which we never thought we would be talking about right now. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's an amazing thing to think that there's, you know, the, we're running out of tackle because there's too many fishermen. Um, so I would be pretty happy. That's why I try to look at it with a pot on a positive note. It's, it's not worth beating your head over that you can't get reels, just order what you can get, you know, make sure you have something for, for the people that walk in and you just keep rolling. That's, that's about it. Yeah. I know uh, we've, we've noticed some of the, the local, local guys products you're bringing in that, that we, we use all the time, like bottom sweepers. We've seen like magic tail and, and a lot of these local guys that are, that have been doing it for a long time in the store, which is huge. What's it like for a like a tackle maker to get lined up with you in your store? Is there a process for it? Or they just come in and meet with you? How, how do you how do you get new new uh, new lure bait makers on board? You got to ship the goods, ship them out. We got to see them. We got to feel them. Come out to meet us. Um, that's honestly how we made most of our connections. People just said, "Hey, I want to show you some stuff. Um, this is what I do." And, you know, if we like it and I think there's uh, there's room for it in there, as you know, it's more of a room issue for me. <laughs> if I could bring in if I could bring in, you know, every local guy that that has quality stuff, they, it would be there already. Um, so it's just tough finding the space. Um, you know, we're looking for a bigger space, hopefully within the next couple of years. Um, 
you know, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, just come in and they can call me. They can send me a message on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, I've had a couple guys just put it, put up some samples in the bag, send them out to us. Um, most of the smart guys kind of do some research and they see what kind of fish we like to, to target ourselves personally. And they'll send us little care packages saying, Hey, you know, go try this jig head out or try these soft plastics. Cause they know we like soft plastics. So, um, we like, we like using the product. I try to, I try to not test, but at least swim most of the paddle tails that are in the store, um, rig up most of the sluggos, make sure, you know, how the, how to weight them correctly. If I want to explain it to somebody. So I try to be hands-on with all the products, whatever I can. That, that's great. And that, that's what, that's what we need in this area because we're losing all the tackle shops. So we're, we're happy to have a good one like you around. We're not going anywhere. Do you have any uh, future plans for growth with the store? I know you said you're looking at possibly down the road, um, maybe a bigger place or a different location. What what other future plans do you have for the store? Other products you're bringing in that nobody knows about uh, that that you that you can share at this point? Um, yeah, I, I'm in terms of um, products we're looking to bring in um, the the saltwater stuff. I'm gonna bring in Northeast Jayco, which is gonna be um, which is gonna be great for. For us, I, I we've met the guys a couple times. A lot of my buddies fish them. I fish them. Um, so some local companies, you know, like that M3, um, we're thinking about doing, you know, some of their flounder stuff, some of their fluke stuff. So, uh, you know, plans are just keep, you know, keep growing our customer base. You know what I mean? Keep people happy. Um, I'm actually looking for another, you know, full-time employee. If somebody's out there that, uh, that wants to, uh, get their hands dirty and help people talk about fishing every day. Um, so yeah, we're just going to slowly grow. Nothing, nothing major. Um, I'm looking for a small warehouse just to kind of give myself some more space and eventually get online. Um, you know, no time frame there. It's, you know, we'll see how everything goes. We're just, you know, it's, we're blessed to be busy. So, um, you know, we'll see only time will tell. All right. So this is the good part. This is where we flip over to Stephanos, the fisherman. You know, how, how often are you able to get out these days? I know we talked about it a little bit briefly, but if like before tackle shop ownership happened, you were I don't know if you just heard my fiance barking in the background, but she just said every day. Ah, <laughs> oh, I won't bring, I won't bring my wife down. She just came, she just came home. So, <laughs> um, yeah, listen, I, I get, uh, I'm, I'm, I can run off a couple hours of sleep. So I like to, I've been getting out past couple, uh, past couple weeks, um, slowly making my trips down the shore. Um, I, as much as I can get out to fish, I, you know, at this point I started doing some more local fishing cause it's a little bit easier, obviously than taking the drive. So, um, you know, going, throwing a crankbait around for some trout, like we were talking about earlier, or going bass fishing, smallmouth fishing, um, just local stuff, but I would say, you know, man, it's hard to think about, but pro- probably 10, 10, 12 hours a week if I can somehow, maybe, maybe more um, on a, on a less busy time right now it's drought season. So if it wasn't, I'd be down the shore every other night. So, um, and we just moved and we're about to get married, like I was telling you guys. So there's a lot going on with the store and with, with life. So I'm sure once we get situated, it'll, um, it'll pick up again, but you know, you know, the deal. So, 
I hear you. I got three kids. I got a wife upstairs that thinks that when I fish once a week, it's too long, too much. So I, that's why I go at nighttime when they're asleep a lot. There you go. That's Sometimes the only way, man. That's the only way. And then or, you got to sneak in. Yeah, you got to sneak in. Or or here's here's one that I don't suggest, but you got to pick a fight to get, get yourself in trouble. You're like, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, that doesn't work. She's a stern Greek girl or Greek woman. That doesn't work, man. It doesn't work for me either, but I'm, I'm just offering suggestions here. Yeah, so that's so, all right. We'll have plenty of time to fish. Yeah, man. So when so you say ten to twelve hours a week, man, that's like one. When I get out, that's one day for me. But I yeah. only get one of those a week. So yeah, exa- exactly where I'm at. <laughs> it's that's a se- like you just said. That's a session. So yeah. um, you know, I, I'm just generalizing, but yeah, maybe a, a night or two um, if I can get out a third, but. Um, we've been closed one day a week and I did that, um, you know, to give the Fred and myself kind of a break cause it's been freakishly busy, which is great. Um, but I think it's, I think it's very important for him and I, and whoever joins us, I think it's very important that everybody has their time spend with their family time to do whatever they need to do if they want to fish. Um, so that's super important to me. I make sure that Fred is good and I'm, and I'm, Obviously, we're waiting on another uh, somebody else to join us. But that was one of the major reasons I stepped into business for myself. Um, you know, I want to make sure that people are treated right. And you're not, you know, you don't feel like you're working for somebody else. You kind of feel like you're a part of the store. So that's that's big for me. So, if, you know, I, I put them on a boat. Um, one day I'm like, here, you're taking off your head in the Raritan and you're going striper fishing. He was like, what? <laughs> so that's important to me. You know what I mean? I, I want, I want to have that kind of, you know, that kind of shop. So yeah, it's all right. If we lose a couple hours of fishing right now. I know it's, you know, we're grinding it out and hopefully in 10 years, I'll be fishing wherever I want. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean that, that sanity and that small town feel to your shop is huge. And I think it's important to keep it that way. So if you're able to make that work like that, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. So when you, when you get out to fish now, I, I can already tell by our conversation that you lean more heavily on saltwater than freshwater, but when you do freshwater fishing, what are you targeting outside of the, the trout? Um, typically largemouth and smallmouth. Uh, I've been getting into the largemouth, uh, game for the past year. I actually, uh, just took a trip down to Florida right after we renovated. We had a couple more days before we did, you know, our reopening. So um, my buddy's big freshwater fisherman um, kind of shows me the ropes and, you know, he's taught me a lot of stuff. He said, let's go down to Florida and so you can actually experience real largemouth fishing. So we spent five days, you know, beating up some largemouth and it was not easy. It was some tough days, but um, it's it's a whole different animal. The technique, there's so many ways to catch them. Um, it's like a never ending amount of ways to catch them. So that to me was, you know, super fun. You know, I, I've been used to putting a jig head on and a soft plastic and I can go to work all night down the shore. And it's, you know, I love it. Don't get me wrong, but doing something where you can use, you know, nine different things in the same, you know, five hour span and catch them on every single different thing in in a different structure, in a different area of a lake or a river. Um, it's super interesting and it's very technical. So it's a lot to, you know, it's a lot to process, but I did that trip 
Um, people think, you know, obviously I did it to go have a great time, but um, I had a great time. And I also learned a lot that I brought back with me and instantly were connecting with the bass crowd right, right away. It was, you know, you learn and then you bring it to the store and then you start talking about it. And then you, you realize, you know, if I do this for a couple different species of fish, I could really, really hone in and cover, you know, as many as I possibly can. So this, uh, this summer, my, you know, I have to catch a, a big sheep's head. So I want to, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm talking to you. So all both of us, um, I mean, work. you got, so, <laughs> go ahead. I'm trying to, yeah, basically I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm just trying to cover different species of fish so that I can bring that, that stuff to the store and start, you know, and start dealing with customers and helping them catch that species eventually when they're ready to. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll fish for anything, man. I love bending the rod. Honest to God, it's, uh, you know, there's no better feeling than, than just sitting there and fishing. So whether it's for trout or smallmouth or I'm down striper fishing or fluking, which I'm obsessed with, um, you know, that's, that's it. It's just about getting out there. Well, you find the day. You find the day when you have that time, you give me a call. You give Dan a call. We'll set you guys up. Hop on my skiff, and we'll, we'll, we'll go slay some sheeps. I'm in. I'll be the mate, and he'll be the captain, and you'll you'll have the time of your life because you won't want to fish for anything else after that. Nope. I promise that. No. Nope. Listen, I'm ready. Ruin you. I'm ready. I got my bottom sweepers finally, thanks to Mr. Schaefer, so they're in the store. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, he's the he, man. He's, he is the man. He'll be a future guest with us at some point, so – uh, we have a, a big sheep's head episode coming up uh, towards the end of uh, this month or early next month. So look, look forward to that one. But yeah, I mean, don't, don't bring that sheep's head Intel back to the shop. Just keep that one to yourself. <laughs> That's fine. That's <laughs> listen. There's you can't educate the players. There's an old guy that comes to the store and he's brainwashed me all the time. He said, buddy, you got to be careful. I said, John, I have to help people catch fish. It's, you know, we're in the business now. So it, listen, that's, that's the difficult part about fishing and having a tackle shot because you need to, you need to teach people, but people want to know too much sometimes. Um, yeah, it's a balance. You know, you're a fisherman, you know, it's a balance. It's, it's, it's a serious balance because we've had a couple, you know, I've had a couple instances already where customers have like seen my truck and it's like, Oh man, it's a, you know, so I'm hidden in the dark somewhere and somebody's yelling my name and I'm like very hidden. So <laughs> it's, it's a, it's, it's a tough balance, honestly. So, and a lot of people were like, well, where were you? Where were you? So, you know, you, you, you gotta be careful what you post and how you post it and the times and it gets, um, it, that's probably the most stressful part. Can I, you take, you catch a fish and you're like so excited. And then you're thinking, do I post this right now or do I wait? It's, it's a, it's tough. So as crazy as that sounds, that's, that's how it is. I, I got to tell you one thing about your shop that I absolutely love compared to other shops around here is that you don't burn a bite. I've not seen it yet. I've not seen you post a picture of anybody in specific places. It's going to give away too much information and you can tell the difference between a, fisherman owned tackle shop and then just some random person owning a tackle shop because they'll sell out their soul to, to sell blood worms and, uh, and <laughs> up every bite. I know you're talking here. about. 
Oh, man. Uh, while you're sitting here, I won't, I won't name any names. No names. But, but while you're sitting here, you're protecting the bite and you're still busy. So there, there's a balance from fisherman to fisherman. We greatly appreciate that. Yeah. And trust me, I'm, I'm on the same boat as you guys. There's, there's a way to do it. You don't, you know, you don't need to blast the spots. There's a way to do just as good trying to get people to get out there. And when you tell somebody, Hey, you know, go on this rock at this time, you're not teaching that person anything. You're, you're literally doing the person a disservice by sending them somewhere where they're going to go and catch a fish and think that that's what fishing is. Cause fishing is way more than that. Fishing is putting in your time. People see your pictures and I bet they're thinking, man, this guy is so lucky or man, this guy's got the best spots. Nobody thinks about how many painful hours you spent trying to find those spots or how many jigs you lost on a piling trying to get that cheap set out or whatever it was. Nobody sees that stuff. Um, I preach to all my customers. I said, listen, you want to catch more fish? You got to put in your time. That's that's fishing. You got to learn. Take notes. Um, look at the wind. Look at the weather. Write a, make a log for yourself. Um, it's very important. Then you start building you know, your book and your portfolio, you're not, you're not on mine. You know what I mean? It's, it's a whole, then you're more satisfied. So the guy that I taught, uh, I was talking about earlier that I, you know, was my first success story. He pounds stripers now pounds them. And he, and it's all started from him coming in. And I'm like, listen, this is, you know, this is kind of where you start and let's go from there. And now he's figured his own method. He's got his own technique. He fishes his own tide that he likes, you know, different from mine. So, you know, it's a tough balance, but I think, you know, educating people on the, the, the process of fishing rather than saying, go here, fish here, throw a blood worm in and you're going to catch a cow that you probably can't release. Right. That's besides the point. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's tough. But, um, you know, it is what it is. That's, that's how it, that's how it works now. So now I, I've heard you speak on stripers and fluke very, uh, heavily. Is there, is there a saltwater fish that you prefer over another? I'm guessing it's going to be one of those, but maybe I'm wrong. I love fluking, man. Me too. I love bouncing that jig around and, and smacking them. So it's, uh, we fish, we fish a lot different, um, I think you were talking to, uh, I believe it was Lee about the light, light stuff in the back. Mm -hmm. We're guys look at my back bay combo and they're like, what are you doing with that? And I'm like, Oh, I striper fish and I flounder fish with it. And it's light. Um, but I like going as light as possible. And we're fishing an inlet where guys are dropping a two ounce bucktail and we're getting away with a three quarter and we're smashing them. Um, and we're fishing in the same holes. Uh, so there's a, there's a definitely a technique to the whole light tackle game. Um, but I think once you figure that out, you will never go back to it's fishing true. heavy. It's um, true. so it's a whole different ball game, but I would say fluke, man, I, you could target fluke on, on any side on under near any bridge near, near a lot of different structure. Um, you can fish it from land, which that's how we started. Uh, me and my brother were just hopping around we never um we kind of dabbled with the kayaks here and there but you can fluke fish with no excuse of i don't have this or i don't have that 
you can get on a side bank and catch a keeper and have dinner if you want. You can catch a keeper and release it, whatever you want to do. But you can you can catch them. So that's why I like it. The striper, it's a little different, um, you know, because you you really got to hone in and you got to you got to catch your tides right and you got to you know make sure the wind is right. At least if you're that kind of fisherman who pays attention all that stuff. Um, but fluke, there is there is a better tide than others. But you can get out and you can fluke fish almost anywhere. Um, I took my fiance last year. She just started fishing a little more with me. Um, we went to North Wildwood. I've never fished in North Wildwood in my life before this day. Um, I pulled out my Google maps. I found a little spot. Um, it looked interesting. There was a rock pile, which anything with rocks I'm in. So we went right there and we started, you know, she said, what do I have to throw it out there? And she was jigging a little half ounce with a paddle tail and she limited out and, and, you know, we were there for about two hours and there was guys fishing there for, long before we went there and then they give you the dirty looks and we ended up just moving. Um, but it's, you can find spots, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It just, it takes time. It takes time to learn what you're looking for. Um, but fluking hundred percent. I love it too. Especially I, I, I have the kayak now, but man, I love fluking from the sods. I love it. Love it. Love it. Like I can't get enough inlets rocks. I love it. There's yep. just something there, there's I, for me, I've always felt there's a different feeling being connected to the ground than a boat because you're able to tackle the water differently um, from the side bank. You're not missing spots. Whereas if you're jigging like this over top at, at a boat, you're skipping patches of water that you're drifting over. Whereas Absolutely. If you're fan casting from a side bank, you know, you can hit every, every inch of that water in front of you. Now you're limited to the water that's in front of you and that you can walk to. But usually if you know what you're looking for, there's going to be fish there. And absolutely, I've, had, I've been, I've literally been on a side bank plucking fish and had boats come up right in my, right in my grill. I have videos of it, like literally yep. drifting right where I'm fishing. Yeah. They'll be like, look at what I'm using. And I'm like, well, just keep going. Just keep doing my thing. Yeah. we. It's, amazing. it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a good feeling. It's a really good feeling. And once you figure it out that you don't need, all that, all the crazy bells and whistles, you know, you need a rod and you need some good, you know, you need to be set up right. And you need some jig heads and you need some plastics, whether it's gulp or whether it's Z-Man or, you know, really anything that you can get down there and make it, you know, make it appetizing. You know, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun and anybody can do it. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not too involved. Obviously there's flute guys that are super, super technical, but you can take somebody new and show him the way. And it's not, you know, his head's not going to be spinning with information. It's um, the, the toughest part is learning. Like you said, it's what you're looking for. So, you know, you'll, you'll try to help people and you send them to a spot and they spend the whole day casting and they could have been a foot, a foot in the wrong, you know, in the wrong sweep, not covering the right, the right water. Um, and that's another thing where people don't think, you know, let me, let me downsize my jig. I'm feeling bottom too much, or let me upsize. It's the current just turned up and it's a little faster. Let me cast six feet to the left. So it sweeps in front of this little cut or a little eddy in the, in the sod. Um, and how many fish have you caught right in your feet in the sod? Oh, I, I have, I have this spot where I wade up to about my chest 
and there is a ledge and I literally go right to the ledge and yep. take them right there like this. I'll, I'll walk back and forth. People are looking at me like, what the hell is this guy doing? I'm sitting there. Boom, 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 bang, boom, 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 bang. They're sitting right butt up against the ledge. It's like, it's probably like a, like a 10, 12 foot drop right at that ledge. Oh yeah. My buddy actually fell into it and his, his waders fill up. He didn't realize it was there. And I, I was dumb and didn't tell him, but yeah, I mean, literally they, they butt up against the structure because food falls down, you know, the crustaceans and everything fall down. Absolutely. And then absolutely that brings other bait fish there. That's just, that's another little tip there, right? Right. Right. Tight to the side bank. You don't Listen, have to cast a thousand feet out there into the channel. No, on the thousand foot cast, the, a quick tip. Um, some of our biggest fluke from last season, which my brother is known for this, um, whole go to any seawall, just pick a seawall and that, you know, there's obviously they catch fluke in the area and he'll walk up and kindly ask the guys, you mind if I drop this thing right in front of your feet here? Cause they're all casting out. I can't tell you how many times we caught the biggest fluke of the season last year, straight down on a seawall, whether it's, you know, in any, any seawall that you could find in Jersey, there's a lot, we don't have to name them, but Right. If you fish on a seawall and you're flounder fishing, you, you know, try dropping it straight down and jigging it around and just walk left and right, left and right. And I, it's almost guaranteed that you're going to catch a good fluke. It's, it's uh, you know, I mean, it's so, amazing. It's especially it, it, early, especially yeah. early season. Yeah. And people don't think people do the same thing on a jetty. They get on a jetty and they whale their jig as far as they can get it. And I don't, I never really understood because why do the boats get close to the rocks? So the fishermen on the rocks are trying to cast further than the boats can reach. And the boats are trying to cast where you're standing. You're standing. Who's the smarter, of, who's the smarter of the two? It's a question we'll ask ourselves for forever. But, you know, I always felt that we had an advantage on land. Um, like now, obviously, the striper bite that's happening in Raritan, like you're absolutely in an advantage on a boat. Um, it would be silly to say that you're not. Um, but from land, we have major advantages when it comes to fishing a lot of land spots. So, sure. you know, sure. people, you know, it's, it takes time. Like, like we're talking about before, it takes a lot of time and time on the water and failures um, and, you know, not catching anything one night. Uh, that's, that's another thing people it's, they, you know, they see the pictures and they're like, oh man, you know, you guys get them every time. No, not at all. Yeah. You know, We're somebody only that says they don't get skunked, they're not fishing, man. So it happens, you know, it humbles you. Yeah, we're only posting our success stories. We're not sitting here posting all of our failures. If we post all of our failures, we would have way more posts than the success stories. That's yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> um, and people don't think about that. They they just, you know, a lot of these big timers who have, you know, they have big, you know, they have a good following. People see their, their pictures of their fish and they're like, man, you know, they think completely different, but little do they know it's, you know, like we're talking about with our, with our wives and kids and stuff like this is, it takes a toll, yeah. you know, people like I definitely lost some friends, you know, from fishing too much, For sure. but it, you know, I, I have a scale, uh, I have a morality scale and I'm like, what's more important, you know, in my life. And some people, you know, didn't make the cut, unfortunately, but <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I keep, you know, it's, 
it's, it's not, it takes a lot of time, man. A lot of time, a lot of effort, um, long nights. If you're a night guy, long, long nights. So it's not easy. Are there any, uh, any particular species of fish, whether it be saltwater, freshwater outside the sheep said that you haven't caught yet that you'd like to this year? So in, uh, right after I get married in the end of July, I'm going to Costa Rica. It's been a, let's like a bucket list number one. So I was blessed and my fiance decided to say, we're going to go to Costa Rica for our honeymoon. And when I asked her why, she said, because there, it's, it's the rooster fish capital. So I fell in love all over again. I said, honey, that's, I'm, <laughs> I'm in, let's go. So I'm, I, I got a, a couple rods, I'm a couple giant poppers, and I'm trying to land my first rooster fish or a cabaret right off the rocks. So that's, um, that's on the list. Sheep's right. head, which I told you about, that's going to be this summer, hopefully. Um, and then uh, some local stuff. I'd like to, you know, start going down, maybe going down and trying to target some snakehead because I'm, I'm here and they're a hell of a, I got one fish in, in Philly um, a couple of years ago and it was by accident um, and it was a hell of a fight, but I never actually thought to go target them. So um, it, it looks like it's a blast and I hear that they hit like a freight train. So um, now's the time, bro. I got a couple, a couple fish on the list. Now's the time on the snakes. It's, it's, I, I this is not the most popular opinion, but I love catching them subsurface because they fight the whole way in, you know, chatterbaits, spinnerbaits, inline spinners, things like that. Uh, soft pla- weighted soft plastics. They'll, they'll fight the whole way in. Whereas on the top water bite, you get that first initial bite and then it's like, it's, you know, man, it's, yeah, yeah. You lose the excitement. As soon as you hook one up, the, the excitement is keeping them hooked up at that point. And I, and I, I guess it's hard to go light with them, right? Because of all the yeah. weeds and, and all the, the, the moss and stuff. Yeah. Right now, right now when you're fishing like subsurface, you can go lighter. Like I'll, I'll use like 20 or 30 pound braid, but this guy over here, Mr. Qua thought that he could get away with, uh, with (laughs) some less than par, uh, (laughs) line while he was topwater fishing. And he lost an absolute beast last year with me. And I will, I'll never forgive him for it because I told him not to fish with light line. Why don't you tell him about that one, Qua? I mean, I'm used to saltwater back bay fishing. You know, my basic setup is a seven foot rod, 15 pound braid, and that's it. That's what I fish with for everything. Striper, fluke, bass, everything. Tog, everything I, everything I fish for in the back bay is that's my setup. Seven foot, medium heavy, 15 pound braid on a 2500 series reel. That's it. That's all I fish for a- any species in the back. That's, that's my go-to. And yeah, I threw a frog out and literally just, I caught one before, like, Two casts before that, it was a it was good six pound fish, decent fish. Threw right back in the same hole, popped the frog a couple of times. This girl came out of nowhere and rolled on it, and then she inhaled the frog. Didn't even make a big plop. She literally just rolled on the frog. As soon as she rolled on, I set the hook. The rod doubled over. She did not want to come off the bottom. She just stayed there. She she pinned my rod to the to the ground. I was just like I was trying to lift her, lift her. Lift her. <laughs> she would not budge. I was just like she ain't coming up. I, then she came up for a little bit. I saw her body roll. Easy double-digit fish. Easy 10-pounder. Oh, man. She, she just rolled, and then she went down, ducked, and then that's it. Just popped me off. 15-pound brain is not going to stand withstand the back, you know, the all the logs, the all the crap back there. I was like, it ain't happening. I got lucky with the 6-pounder. <laughs> the 10-pounder, yeah, she wasn't coming in. And I, and I told her, I, I told her, I said, I'm not going to come back to this spot. 
for at least two weeks because I know she's going to sit here. I'm going to come back in two weeks and see if she remembers. Because you're going to go back there with some forty pound slick and yank <laughs> oh, her out. Oh yeah, this year I'm I'm loaded. I got the freaking the Shimano Corrado, fifty pound braid. That's you know, it, bait, man. caster. I'm going back hard for her this year. She's in there. That's she ain't it. going. She ain't going anywhere. Snakes, for some reason, no matter how big they are or small they are, they 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 they're very territorial and they stay and they keep that same area. So I know she's going to be back for the rest. That's good of the year. to know. And it's a really small spot too, so well hidden. And these snake guys, man, like Dan and like Chung and all them, these snake guys, they keep their lips so shut about these special spots. You'll never find them. Well, you have to because they're not big spots. It's not like you're saying, hey, no. you know, you're going through a lake. It's a little tiny, tiny spot. So you got to keep it on the hush. I'm still I'm still finding new waters. And I, I love it because a lot of my spots are getting run over or or no trespassing marked and everything. So it's. So it's a balance there too. You gotta you gotta keep keep looking. You can't if you think you got enough spots, you don't have enough spots. Just keep looking. Cause at some point you're gonna roll up, someone else will be there and they they are rightfully to be there just as much as you are. So but yeah, I mean, like when you're ready, you let me know. If it's spring, you can go lighter, 20, 30 pound test on uh on like your spinner baits and stuff, as long as you're fishing semi-open water. In the summertime, no, I don't play around. I I do 50 pound test with a, a special knot too. So Listen, I got a I got a seven seven uh, six mag heavy that I use for frog frogging for bass, and we're we're skidding five six pound bass over lily pads and stuff. So that's what you uh that's what you need. Yeah. And I was just we were we kind of hit on the topic, but people come into the shop and the, there's always the question of, hey, you know, what what do you like? What would you put on it? You know, what would you put on the the reel? What would you put on this? And the style of fishing, like he was, like what I was just saying, he fishes so light in the back. Um, and then you hear guys that fish bridges and they're like 50, 65 pound braid because they do not want to lose a fish on a pilot. Yeah. Um, my, my response to them is, you know, fish, you know, you, you fish how you're comfortable for, for the 90% of the fish that you catch. Um, if you gear yourself for that one giant, you lose so much fun and sensitivity on all the other ones that aren't the mega, you know, the big fish. So for the striper guys, you know, Quaz got it right. You go back in the back bay and you fish with that light gear, you have a blast. Sure, you might run into that striper that's taking you underneath or around the piling and your 15 braid isn't standing a chance, but that's the one fish say out of the 20 that you catch. So I'm more on, on, you know, his level of, I kind of like to gear myself towards the majority of the fish and just pray to God that when you catch that big one, he's coming towards you and not away somewhere where you don't want him to be. So it's better to just be comfortable in, in your zone, but I guess after you lose a giant snake, you're not you're not going to be comfortable. <laughs> Double digit fish in this area are hard to come by. I think I have seven or eight in like eight or nine years or so targeting them. They're tough. I got been big... targeting them for a long time, dude. Before I, hey, they've I, been popular. Once I once I found out about them, I got obsessed, and I spent whole summers targeting them. So I learned I learned the ins and outs of these fish. So. I, I guarantee you, I can get you on some fish. I'm in. I'm, but, I'm, in. But I, I'm thinking but, once we get him hooked on it, I think we're gonna have a whole snakehead section in the shop, man. Yeah, honestly, I'm, we're gonna 
We're gonna have uh, we're gonna freaking have SS customs in there. We're gonna have freaking snakes, uh, frogs of every brand. You know, it's it's addictive, man. Like I've only been doing it for about a year, and then I'm like, I have more boxes of frogs that I can count. Yeah, <laughs> and I haven't yeah. even gotten into like the whole spinner bait and like. It's my fault. It's my fault. Listen, <laughs> the um, the all the tackle shops are they they stay around because people are sick like me and you, and they get addicted to these things. So it's uh once you figure out it, it's always something it's something new like you said it was a year ago I guarantee I'll I'll get hooked onto something else by next year. Um, I told my brother I said I you know I'm gonna take a, a break from striper fishing in the spring. This was a couple months you know before today. That changed as soon as the striper run started. So I was like, you know, you you kind of get sucked back in, but. I have a couple customers that hammer snakeheads and they talk about them all the time. So I'm ready to go. Well, whenever you're ready, you let me know. If you want to do subsurface, we could do subsurface. You want to do top water, we could do top water. But you got to check out SS Custom Baits. They're the best around for snakeheads. We're already bringing them in. It's in the works. My man. It's in the all works. Right. All right. So we talked about your um, we talked about your trip to uh, for your honeymoon as a bucket list fish. Now I, that's, if that's number one, are there any other bucket list fish out there? I know you and I in the fall last year, you were, you were thinking about joining me for some of my, uh, my red. red. Hunts. I, <laughs> I am. I'm, uh, I'm looking to catch a, a, a nice fish on, on my, on my lighter tackle, some soft plastics. Um, I I'm ready for that. I mean, I've been, uh, we, we, been down to Florida a few times. So me and my brother went a couple of years ago, we rented our own little skiff and just like went fishing, um, down in Charlotte's Bay. And we hammered some specs. I saw two big drum and they came in so fast and left so fast the flat that we were in. And I spent six hours after that day trying to find more redfish after I saw them moving in the water like that. So, um, that's absolutely on the list, but I got, I, I've been lucky enough to experience a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff in the water. I mean, like I said, we, we grew up a little differently. Everything when I was, when I grew up in Greece every summer, it was, we were spear fishing and we were, everything was done by hand. It was on a hand line. I hand line tuna with my dad that were uh, 60, 70 pounds. Um, a lot of spear fishing for, you know, it's just, it's been a blessing. So I've, it's, uh, any new fish that I could check off, um, would be good, but it's absolutely rooster fish. Number one. Nice. That's, I one, of get a rooster. That's one of my bucket list fish too. I just love the Mohawk. I got to see that Mohawk come out. So rooster fish is on my list. Uh, GTs are on my list. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They're, they're on my list. I mean, just this past two years, everything on my list is on a fly this year. So I don't know if you fly fish a lot, but like for me, fly fishing is like has taken my life over. That's why I'm. That's why I haven't touched the fly rod. <laughs> yeah, it's, I know. I it's know. So, it's exactly something. It's something you don't want to get bit by. Something you don't want to yeah. get bit by. You get bit by that. There's no turning back. I got too many. I got too many um, fish that I need to target. And if I touch a fly rod, I know exactly what's going to happen to me. And uh, I'm not ready for it. I'm thinking later in life, maybe I have some kids and I'm I'm getting, you know, getting a little older. I'm going to just pick up the fly rod and go to work. So I'm going <laughs> to wait it out. Good idea. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, Reds, 
give it a year or two, give it two, three years. I'm going to, I'm focusing on these uh, Jersey raids. And once I get them dialed in, you know where you're going to look for it. Just we're, we're going to find them. We're going to find them. Red would be cool, man. They're that here. Cool. They're here. They're here. We just got to, just got to figure out the patterns and stuff like that. But I mean, they, uh, lately past few years, they've been showing up a lot, a lot more frequently and further North too. But I mean, our area, we got them. Just you just got to know how to find them. Listen, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a tarpon rolling around anytime soon. I mean, they've they've had they found washed up dead tarpon up on the South Jersey shore. Yeah, they yeah, migrate up this far. They they make yeah. it up this far. If Kobe and stuff, Kobe and Mahi and stuff can make it up this far, tarpon can make it up this far. Absolutely, absolutely. That would be that would be pretty epic. These migrations, man, they're they're going nuts. Like these fish are coming further north mm-hmm. to keep those warmer waters. I mean, I was down not this past fall, but the fall before that. Uh, it was like October in Virginia Beach, and there was these guys out netting netting mullet like the size of like twenty inch mullet, and there were there were they they had four or five like 16, 17 inch nook in their cast nets in Virginia Beach. Yeah, we we gotta wow. get I saw yeah. it in person. It's a fact. I saw it. It happened. Wow. It's quiet. Yeah, snooks, no. up, snooks up in Virginia Beach. That's pretty crazy, man. It's not surprising. I mean, it's no. like I no, mean, you, you, you're surprised, but at the same time, like the water's changing, man. It's like it's warm. There's a lot of yeah. It's warmer. It's just you know, I, we we don't we don't know the long term effect of the water being warmer. I, I couldn't tell you why, but it's. For the fishing, um, it's got to be helpful. You know, it's got to bring more bait here. Um, you know, you guys were talking in a previous episode about the uh, the, the striper being off and the fit the all the bait being you know some in, but most of the bait's still off. Um, I think that's kind of like a major a major issue um, on in our area, at least in New Jersey. Um, you know, all the replenishment, all the sand, but it's a cycle. So as much as it, it sucks when they cover a jet up, it's only a matter of time. One storm rolls in and it's gone. So, yeah. um, it would be cool to start seeing some, some, you know, some fish like that heading up, you know, South Jersey area, or even in the middle of Jersey. That I mean, would be all past two years. We've been two couple of two, three years. We've been seeing some crazy fishes, uh, that crazy, uh, Spanish run we had. Yeah. No. Oh Spanish. yeah. Dude, we, we, we were out for, uh, Albies and bones, and literally, we went out there about two and a half miles to one of our wrecks. Dude, it was like three, two to three football fields. I kid you not, of Spanish. No one was out there. No boats. It was just us. Like, it was at least two miles of Spanish. And it was, it was, it was just insane. They were leaping. You know how Spanish is. They leap. They do that little oh, yeah. leap of there. Yeah, so literally, like, nothing. Like, they weren't hitting anything. We were throwing spoons, like, everything. And then finally, one, one of our buddies was like, you know what? Let's, 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 let's try some Floridian thing. He pulled out one of those, dug in the bottom of his tackle bag, pulled out one of those gotchas, right? Those little yep. gold gotchas. Yep. He tossed it out. Dude, hammered them. That's I was it. just little, like, what? Like a little man. cast master, right? Like a real yeah. small little cast Yeah, it's like a little, it looks like a little gold little tube, but like yep. a couple gold. Yeah, that's it. That's all it was. That's all they wanted. They didn't want to touch nothing else. We threw everything at them. They didn't touch it. And then we even had a couple of kings in there. There were, yeah. a couple, there were a couple of kings rolling around. Like my buddy Johnny picked up a, uh, a mahi off the rocks, off the jetty. Wow. Yeah, I, I had the photo. It was like a good, uh, it was a good three pound chicken. And then like, Five five casts later, a five pound five five pound dolphin came up rolling around it too. 
my wow. came up. Yeah, right on the rocks, right off the jetty. Like we were just sitting there because we were picking bones off all day. And then like they just rolled in. And then my other buddy had a uh I think he had a, like a um a hoagie epoxy on rolling it in, and he had a, a good decent king roll on his freaking uh epoxy jig off the rock. So like anything's possible. That's crazy. Like, I mean, that one year they had that 50, was it that 50, 51 inch cobia off the jet? Yeah. Yeah. Insane, dude. Insane. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's cool. It's, and it's happening and there's more people fishing. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun couple of years coming up. Definitely. Well, you got anything to add, buddy? Um, the only thing I have to add is like, I want to know more about the shop as in like, okay, say, so right now, spring striper bites on, uh, we know that's, it's on in Raritan. We know it's on in the uh, Delaware River. It's just picking up a Delaware River. Now, what kind of baits, like actual like live baits or you know dead baits, frozen, whatever? What do you stock in the shop? Like, I, like I want the customers to know, like, hey, he has it all at his shop. If you need something, stop by. So basically, um, bunker. I, I'm always always going to have there. I got a buddy. He nets them. We freeze <coughs> them up and basically pack them up. Bloodworms. I tend to bring in this time of year. So I'm actually expecting some, hopefully, uh, you know, later in the week, but um, you know, whatever's available, I'm just on the phone trying to bring bloodworms in when it's time. Um, like I said, this space is a little tough. So right. when it comes to bait right now uh, with our trout season, my fridges are consumed with trout style bait. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Um, after that, after, you know, we kind of die down on the trout, um, I have a lot of catfish guys, so we do a lot of live bluegill. Um, I have large, uh, large and medium shiners, bass shiners, almost all the time. Um, fathead minnows uh, for the you know the crappie guys, the trout guys, um, and then usually a good shot of some eels um, closer to fall for catfish and for the striper guys. So for the most part, almost all the time I have live shiners for guys who are bait fishing. Um, I have guys that go up to the Susquehanna. They take dozens of large shiners and they crush smallmouth. A lot of guys who use them for uh, largemouth. And then obviously, like I was saying, all the panfish. Um, and then for fluking, obviously you have your squid and your spearing. Um, and for the most part, it's just, just the frozen stuff. I, I try to keep the bait as simple as I can. Um, we try to dabble with some you know, some mackerel and like ballyhoo and stuff like that. But I'd rather have this stuff move than it sit just to have it. And it ends up getting freezer burn and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the fresh bunker, it's almost impossible for me to do with my location. Mm -hmm. So it's got to be frozen. Um, and then, yeah, and obviously clam for the striper guys, but a little bit of everything when it comes to bait. Um, and, you know, I try to, I, I, I do have a, a tendency to, push people towards the artificial little nudges. Um, obviously there's some stuff that you can't, you got to use the bait like this Delaware river bite. You need bloods. Yeah. Um, it's crazy that there's six guys hammering striper and they're all 30, 40 inches. And there's one guy throwing a paddle tail and can't buy a bite for, to me, that's the craziest thing to think about that all those fish are there and they are not into anything but that scent. So it's, it's strange. Um, you do hear guys in the river catching them on plugs, but they're not in the same areas that these guys are blood, bloodworm fishing in. So no, um, yeah, that's it. 
Mm-hmm. Anything else, Qua? Uh, how about talking? You are a big time talker. Do you carry any stuff for talk? I know since you were, you really are out of the way from a lot of guys from this city. It was kind of a reverse drive to pick it up. But I mean, do you carry anything for talk? Tog a bunch. Um, Tog jigs. Yeah. We started uh, expanding probably a little, probably last season. Um, we sold more Tog jigs than Tog rigs um, last year. So we decided to expand with Magic Tail and Dante. Um, they were big supporters of us since, you know, I took over. Um, so he kind of, you know, got got them in the door and then we started selling the crap out of them. Um, me and my brother personally um, fish one ounce or less on a jetty always. Um, if I have to sit there with, with a weight, I'm usually – probably not going to enjoy myself tog fishing. I don't mind it, but I'd rather throw a, a little light jig down there and get that bite. Um, a lot of jigs and it's the time. So, you know, if, if anybody is wants to try out tog fishing, they want to try out tog fishing with the jig, um, come into the store. I will absolutely walk over there and explain whatever you need to know about, uh, jig fishing. And, um, I hope you're patient because it's 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 not easy. <laughs> yeah, much like you don't, like have, to, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> it's man, not easy. Th- those jetties have claimed millions and millions of dollars on my talk jigs, man. The tax man, the, the tax, tax man. man. That's, a, that's you got to pay the taxes. You got to pay the taxes. I tell people when you're going down, they're like, "Oh, I'm going down to throw some jigs. I'm I'm working a jetty." I'm like, "You make sure you bring some for the tax man." It's. <laughs> If you're not losing jigs, you're not fishing. You're not talking. You're not right talking. If, if you ain't losing jigs, you ain't talking. But so, the incredible thing is, like some of these guys, you know, especially us, uh, when we fish wrecks, everyone, like you said, they're fishing eight, 10 ounce weights, 50 pound braids, like 80 pound, you know, liters. I'm over there with like 15 pound braid. That's 20 pound, 20 pound liter. On it on a half ounce. If I get if I can get away a half ounce, I'll do a whole uh, an ounce. Fishing like sixty feet of water, you know what I mean, and yep. I'm slang fish. I'll I'll pull up seven, eight, nine pounders, you know. Yeah. Without it's not it's not about your gear. Sometimes a lot of it is your gear, but a lot of time it's more your technique. Like if you know, oh, absolutely, if, if you're hooking a big fish, you're yanking them out. You know what I mean? You got you if you have the perfect setup, the perfect rod, the perfect reel, the perfect drag set. It could be an eight, ten pounder. They're coming up one way or another. You just gotta have a technique for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's, it's 10 times more fun to kill them, to, to, to crush them on a light tackle setup. Absolutely. And once you figure it out, you, it's one of those things that you're, you know, you're like, wow, why, why have I been fishing with this heavy stuff, you know, all this time? (laughs) Um, it's good to go out there with two rods because the weather could be bad. So there's a lot of guys that are like, you know, they go out with the jig and, they don't know when to put it down. That's, yeah, that's exactly. another thing. Exactly. You, know, you get a deck, you get addicted to the, the, the jig bite and it ends up, you know, costing you. Yeah. yeah. It ends up costing you a couple of fish because the weather's not, you know, cooperating. Um, so it's a matter of just knowing your environment and knowing how deep and it is crazy when you see a guy next to you fishing with eight ounces and you're getting down with a one and he has no he has no understanding as to why, you know, but he's not willing to ask and say, mm-hmm. 
yeah, well, how, you know, how big, how heavy is that braid? I mean, how are you? And then you explain, well, your the water has, it, you, there's resistance. So you go down a 15 pound braid, you're slicing water way more than a, a 40 or a 50 where you have your big bow, you have this big bow in your, in your line. That big bow is obviously going to take away from your, your contact with your jig. So it's, you know, it's, it's kind of common sense, but until you show somebody and say, watch and drop them at the same time, and you almost beat him to the bottom with a way lighter jig, it's, you know, it's kind of eye eye opening for people. So I know people watch you on the boat and they're probably looking at your rod and they're like, what, what is he doing? Mm -hmm. And then you start smacking them and now they're thinking, how is he doing it? So that's, that's dog fishing. Um, there's also the guy, like you said, with that heavy stuff. I know a lot of old timers and they crush them, man. Oh, they and do. they're, they're against the light stuff. So there's a, there's, you know, obviously there's different styles and that's what makes, that's what, that's why, you know, fishing is freaking awesome. You got so many different styles and everybody, you can have success in your style. So you got to find what you're comfortable with. See, that's the, see, that's the good thing with having an owner like you with a bait shop like this, because you understand us as fishermen because you were us at one time and still are that fishermen on that side you know we, yeah we get a lot of you know a lot of uh you know bait shop owners and stuff like that i mean they've been a very long time 20 30 years but like they they've been there so long that they literally sit there they've never experienced what we have see on the other side as a younger generation of taking up tackle shop owners they experience light tackle stuff light tackle jigging so you can explain it to the old timers that come into the shop but like well i want to just drop 10 ounces every day and pull up <laughs> you could but why not you've been doing it for 10 15 years why not try something new save yourself arthritis <laughs> listen that is that's the best when you get the six the, the 50 60 year old who you put you put a, a stratic 3,000 and a seven foot medium heavy in his hand and you tell him you're tog fishing and you say, hold this. And he, and he's like, there is no way that I could sit and use this on a boat all day. Like, what have I been doing? I I love those guys that are willing to say, you know what? I got to, I'm in my old ways. Let me try this new stuff out. And then you see them and they're like, this braid is like a game changer. There's people that refuse to switch to braid and they're, they like, you know, I, I met somebody while I was trout fishing and I have a little 1000 on, I actually trout fish with a pretty long rod. It's like a six, six medium light. I throw a lot of crankbaits and stuff. So I tend to go a little longer. I fish eight pound braid with fluoro, with a fluoro leader. And this gentleman sitting next to me and I am wailing my, my little jig out and we're sitting in the lake and he's looking at me and I'm like, it's braided line. Cause I knew he had a question and I knew he just didn't want to ask me. And then we started talking and we became more friendly. And I said, here, cast it out. And the guy looked like he never casted a rod and reel before. He was so excited that he was like, what have I been doing for the past 10 years? So a lot of people, you know, you got to have an open mind. And some of the old guys do. And um, some of the old guys are, you know, going to do what they do. But they still beat them up. So if it's working for them and, you know, don't change it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I, I do with my son is like to him, I'm the old timer. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm teaching him 
how I do it, but I'm also teaching him to, to, to stay on his game, keep learning, keep, cause, cause these things change over time. Like, like right, right now he's obsessed. Like he's, he was on the cover of a fishing magazine. He was in a newspaper, all kinds of stuff. So he's into it. And I am, I'm forcing myself to get him out, even when I'm trying not to go just, just so I can keep him into it because he's just the future and he's already getting it. So, you know, like, me being the the old timer in this scenario, I'm I'm trying to teach him what works now, but I'm also telling him, hey, listen, there might be something better down the road that's going to catch you more fish. So keep your mind open to that. Keep your mind open to things that are going to be changing because what we're doing today could be completely different tomorrow. Absolutely, it. absolutely. And he's six, so he's he's getting it. Like he, th- this kid was out. I had uh, I hobbled over to my little uh, neighborhood pond with them last night, and. Uh, he was slaying little uh, bluegills and everything else, and he's got it. There you go. Yes, and he—he just—he's got the itch. He wants to go catch some winter flounder. He wants to go catch some snakeheads. Everything. It's the best. It's uh, it's it's. I don't have kids yet, but I can assume that it's one of my very good friends. He's like, you won't understand until you see him. It's so excited to catch, you know, to catch some fish. So, as many parents are out there, you know. A lot of people are a little, there's a lot of parents that come to the store that have never fished and their kids want to fish. You know, that's got to be extremely difficult for a parent to, you know, take their kid out that, and they're not familiar at all. So I've had a couple of parents approach me and trying to maybe set up some times at the store where they can come in and we, you know, do not, not really like the lessons or kind of more of like a breakdown of the basics. Um, I've run into a lot more parents than I expected to saying, Hey, my kid wants to fish and I have never fished in my life. So it's great that, I mean, my that's how we got started. My dad, my dad was like, we had no choice. My grandfather used to have us dive in to collect them sea urchins so he can eat every day when we were there. And it's like, people don't even know what a sea urchin is. So, you know, yeah. it's, we learned from, from, you know, from when we were young, it was like we had to, we were kind of forced in and I'm, thank God we were. So I would have never fell in love with fishing. So, I mean, it was, thank God for my dad and my grandfather who were like, you know, kind of pushed us into it. Yeah. For me, it was my mom who took us fishing when we were kids because my dad worked overnights. And then my, my love for fishing got renewed when I, I met my wife and her, her father fishes too. So but like going backtracking to the to the uh, to the old timer thing, you know, these old timers are so set in their ways because that's how they learn from their parents. You know, that yeah. was that, that those 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 teaching moments were special to them. So, you know, giving that up might be giving up a piece of their past. And maybe that's why they're so set in their way. So it's it's not always something that you can tackle with it with, with an old timer uh, without some being sensitive to that. You know? Yeah, it takes some tender love and care to break some of these old timers then. But. We do a good job of it at the store. Yeah, man. Well, Stephanos, man, it, it was an absolute pleasure having you on today, man. You, you were great. You gave us some great, uh, some great information. We're, we're really thrilled about where the direction the store is going in. You know, if, if you could, uh, could you give us uh, some ways to uh, get in touch with you and hours of operations and such, like your social media contacts and all? Absolutely. So, uh, first off, thank you guys for uh, having me on. Um, I mean, we've been uh, pretty friendly for for a little while now, and this is awesome what you guys are doing. So I really appreciate it. Um, obviously, um, well, my name's Steph from Sport Fishing Outlet, uh, two thirty West Germantown Pike in Norristown, PA. Um, you could always call us. Uh, phone number is six one zero 
272-3800. Um, you could also, uh, you know, shoot us a follow on our Instagram. It's SFO Tackle Shop. Um, or you could follow us on Facebook on their sport fishing outlet. Um, that's basically uh, the contact info that you guys would need. And um, our hours of operation are, we're a small shop and it's, it's me and me and Fred. So right now we're basically working uh, Tuesday through Saturday mixed with some Sundays and the typical hours are right now eight to about six or seven o'clock during the week. Um, that's kind of changing with the seasons. And uh, like I was saying, I'm hoping to find one more additional team, um, you know, team member to join us. So when that happens, we might push back to seven days. Um, but, uh, I really, you know, honestly, guys, this is awesome. Um, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Uh, the store itself is, is thriving and we wouldn't be possible without, you know, everybody's support. So all the local fishermen, um, the guys that we see every single week and the guys that we see once in a while, we appreciate everybody and, um, you know, keep shopping local. It's, it's, it's tough for everybody. Um, so, you know, just keep supporting any all local businesses, not just us, you know, other tackle shops, um, you know, instead of walking into those giant stores, those stores are going to be just fine when all this is done. So, um, you know, try to try to shop local and we really appreciate it. Um, and, you know, I hope to see you guys in and, and uh, I hope to see you soon. I'm looking forward to, to bringing in some new customers. We're very excited. Thanks, Steph, man. Great having you on. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for hopping on, man. Just uh, check that schedule. Schedule some days with us. We'll get some fishing in. We'll go from there. We'll be in. It'll. It's going to be happening soon. So, um, listen. I know Sundays and Mondays is tough, but you could pencil me in. <laughs> well, Sundays and Mondays, we'll figure out something. I work Sundays and Mondays, but like I'm free the rest of the week. But we'll we'll figure out something. We'll work things out. It's, I'm off Sundays. Opposite, we're on opposite schedules. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, pretty much. But we're yeah, we're good. Uh, we'll figure out something now. Shouldn't be hard. We'll I'm, figure I'm, it out. Luckily, I know the boss. Maybe I could take off. There you go. <laughs> I'm off Sundays. We're we're clear. We're clear. I'm in. I do have a little 16 foot aluminum boat that that's ready to go. So if we need it, it's there. <laughs> yeah, we we cut qual out of the equation here. Don't gotta go far. I just gotta paddle up to the uh, the local. Uh, the local spots there you listen go. I, I i gotta I, it would be fun talking with you guys because i see all the pictures so i know you guys can catch them so we can get a little competitive on the boat it'll be a fun day <laughs> sounds, sounds good, good man. man thank all you right, guys we're, steph we're gonna stay on if uh, stay on a few moments after you hop off man have a great night it's a pleasure thank you so have much night, buddy. I'll, I'll stop into stop stop into the shop and see you one day no problem guys thank you take all care all right all right have a good night Bye. How do we leave this thing? Hey, buddy. Hey, what's up, man? So what did you think? Whew, that was a uh, very, in, very informative show. I, did, I didn't think it was going to go that long, dude. It went almost an hour and 40. That's awesome, man. I, I could talk to that guy forever. He's, he's great. He's I, th a, I think we would have kept going. We, we could have easily yeah. gone two, three hours, man. He's an incredible personality, and what he's doing over there at Sport Fishing Outlet is is good for all of us. In Most this definitely good for us, um, ladies and gentlemen. Just make sure you guys, you know, just remember with everything going on, always support your small shops. You know what I mean? They're there for us. We're there for them. 
Um, there's nothing wrong about shopping at the bigger shop, no big, the big uh, corporate shops, but small shops like that are more personal. And as anglers like me and Dan, we appreciate that. Like some days we'll drive and just stop in. We won't buy anything, but we'll sit in there and just talk shop with the owners and staff for hours. You know what I mean? It's, it's just a place for, you know how people always say you go to the barbershop, you get a haircut and you sit there and you talk for hours with just the people and you just enjoy yourself. Well, that's, that's, that's what it is to us as anglers, a, uh, a small tackle city, small town tackle shop. That's what a barbershop feels to us. We go there, we talk shop. It's just a good place with good vibe. And we always ask everyone support your small local shops, your small local dealers, you know, you know, they're, they're there for us. So let's, let's, let's support them as much as we can. I could not agree more. And I can, I can guarantee you, I've been in that shop numerous times. The, the inventory level, uh, inventory levels there are excellent. He's got a lot of great products. He's keeping the store stocked and he's bringing in a lot of our local guys who are like Northeast Jig Company, for example, mm-hmm. my buddy, uh, my buddy Trung from SS Custom Baits and his, his partner, Tyler, you know, that that's important. Like that, that keeps his store, uh, that keeps his store filled with products that we're all using. Exactly. And important other local companies. So exactly, yeah. He's got he's got Magic Tail in there. He's got bottom sweepers. You know, we're we're super we're super good with bottom sweepers. You know, what I mean, I'm happy that he's bringing in Dan this year and stuff like that. You know what I mean? The fact that small local tackle shops are bringing in small local, you know, businesses is great. For sure, totally agree. Well, thank you for joining us, everybody. It's been a pleasure. Uh, we are obviously going to be uploading this and posting it to our platforms, which you can find on our bio on Instagram. All of our all the platforms we are listed on are there. For example, we have app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Deezer. We're on a bunch of these uh, podcast services. You can also find us on Facebook again at Facebook backslash Tide Chasers Podcast. And then uh, our Instagram is going to be at tide underscore chasers. And again, you guys are helping us uh, out immensely by listening in, sharing with your friends and uh, family, liking and, and uh, leaving those reviews. It, it, it what keeps us going. So we appreciate all of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time. See you, Qua. All right. See you later, buddy. Good night.